You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 and 7 p.m. I want to talk about suffering, but not just the regular suffering of life. I want to talk about this invitation from Jesus to suffer with him. And I'm I'm not talk I'm not calling this talk embracing suffering because I think that would just be going too far. That would be too weird. Like none of us like actually like pain, I hope, because I don't think we should. <laughs> um there and there's nothing inherently good or holy about suffering. But we can choose it for the good that it produces in us and in the world. And sometimes it just happens to us. We don't even get to choose. And so how do, what, how do we work with it? That's what's on the table tonight. I started thinking about this last week when Ashley, was, Ashley Michelle was telling me the story about Jane Clinton at the Baby Goods Exchange. Um, she was telling me about Jane's generosity, and I love good gossip. So if you ever want to tell me something good about somebody, I'm all ears. Um, but baby goods exchanges are these things we've been doing for years, right, Martha? I love them because we, we get to give away stuff for free, um, stuff from our thrift stores and st- like whoever brings, shows up and brings stuff and they want to exchange, um, to get, you know, sizes of clothing that their kids actually fit into because, you know, kids grow out of stuff so quickly and it all like ends up in the landfill unless we share it. And so... That's the idea. But anyway, Ashley Michaud was telling me that Jane was so patient with people who were feeling impatient with the team's process of, like, making sure everybody got enough. Jane remained calm and kind and generous in the face of these demands. And as I was listening, I pictured people, like, yelling in Jane's face, and I felt so protective of Jane (laughs) In that moment, I, I suddenly wanted to protect her from anyone ever yelling in her face. And I realized that I would love to create a church where there is where nobody ever suffers. I would love to be able to do that, but I know I can't. I know we can't create that church. It's not possible. There's suffering in community. There's suffering in just regular life, even if you try to just do life by yourself, which is impossible. Um, and there's certainly suffering in following Jesus. So as I reflected on my desire to want to protect Jane from suffering and everybody, I realized that I was being just like James and John's mother in this moment with Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. And I ha- always thought of her as kind of small-minded in this moment, but here I was being just like her. So... Can somebody read, read this out loud for us, if you can see it? Now Jesus was going up to Jerusalem. On the way, he took his child aside and said to them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death, and will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. On the third day, he will be raised to life. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons 
Thank you, Shauna. Standing in front of the most important part. What Jesus says, can you drink the cup that I am going to drink? That's what he asks them. And he's talking about his death by crucifixion. And it always cracks me up that they say that they can drink it. And they're just like, we can do that. And they don't know what they're talking about. But Jesus acknowledges that they, they will suffer. They will, they will indeed drink from his cup of suffering and death because they go on to really follow him, really decide to follow him. And not even their mother can protect them from the suffering and the abundant life that they receive from, from following the suffering servant. So we know that there really is no running from suffering. Even if you're not putting yourself out there like Jane or like James and John, you're going to suffer. You're going to get hurt. I know it's already happened because life does that. Love does that. Being a part of Circle of Hope will do that if, you're, if we're doing anything important at all. Stoic philosophers are making a killing on YouTube right now trying to convince people that suffering is avoidable, and I just don't think they are telling the truth. We are not machines, and God help us if we become machines. In fact, I think we often cause ourselves more suffering when we try to avoid our suffering, and people in recovery from addiction will tell you that for a fact. So the good news that I want to tell you today is that your suffering can bring you closer to God and all of creation. Our suffering can bring us closer to God and connect us to all of creation. And I'm not saying this because I'm good at suffering or because I like suffering because I'm not and I hate it. But I'm saying this um, because I know that our suffering can actually connect us to the world around us and help us relate to God, who is the chief sufferer. And this is kind of a theme throughout the whole Bible, that God is suffering in love to call people close to God's self. And the movement isn't done yet. We're still in the midst of this great movement. All creation is groaning like 
in the pains of childbirth, longing, waiting for our full redemption, our full adoption as heirs of God's kingdom. We're doing it in our spirits and our bodies, even like Mabel was talking about. And by the way, when, when Paul is talking about adoption here to the Romans, it's really a big deal because Roman law didn't require natural fathers to actually provide for their natural children. But if you adopted a child, that father was legally responsible to provide for that child for the rest of its life, and that child was given full honor and full inheritance and full, full place in the family. So adoption was where it's at, and I think, I think this is where Jesus is, is going for us, too. And so Paul tells his apprentice, Timothy, join me in suffering. Endure with me. Join me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ. Don't be surprised by suffering. Let's endure it, not just because it's a part of life, but because we are part of this big thing that God is doing in this world, this, this giant movement of redemption and renewal and familyhood that's bigger than all of us. So how do we endure? How do we actually endure suffering here in these last three weeks of Lent and in, you know, for the rest of our lives because who knows what's going to happen? I'm thinking of two, two suggestions for your journey of endurance. And the first one is be vulnerable with God. And the second one is let others into your suffering. Don't try to suffer alone. We suffer with and for each other. But first on getting vulnerable with God, um, I love the story of Shrek the sheep. I think he's from New Zealand. You might have heard about him. He was He ran away from his shepherd, and he was hiding out in caves for like six years. And this is what he looked like when they finally found him. He could barely move because he was carrying 60 pounds of wool. And in those pounds was all of the, you know, they, his wool was filthy and filled with like all of the debris of things that he had been bumping into for all those years. And um, he was so weighed down simply, simply from being away from his shepherd, the groomer. And he probably would have died if he was away much longer. But I think that confession being vulnerable with God about our struggles and even our sins can be like shearing for us. We need it because we need, we need to hear from the shepherd and see from the shepherd who we really are again. We need our burdens lifted. You know, all the, all the junk that has gotten in there, um, the lies that we start to carry around about ourselves, Telling it to God consciously is like coming out of the cave and being seen and hugged again and freed of, of that extra weight. Even confessing our sins to God brings insight that we're dearly loved children. There are orphanages around the world that are understaffed, unfortunately. I've heard that in some of these places, it's, it's very eerie for people who visit them because the babies 
don't cry. They have learned not to cry because they know that they won't be responded to. I hate this. But I think that this happens here, too, with us grown-ups. We can act like orphans because we think that God isn't listening or God doesn't care or God isn't present or God doesn't exist when, in fact, we have a good father. We have a good and loving mother, God, who actually cares and loves us very much more than we can even imagine. God longs to find us and hear us and let us know that we are seen and we are loved and we are forgiven and we are even provided for. But I think that hearing that requires our vulnerability. It requires us showing up and having that conversation. I heard someone describe Instagram and social media this week as as this a place of longing for affirmation. They were saying that, you know, you put something out there and you and you just hope that people like it, you know, especially that person that you really want to to notice it, right? And if they don't, it can be like a little rejection and insecurity. And I'm not against social media. I use it myself. But I think that prayer and confession is like the opposite zone. It's like the place of, of affirmation. It's, it's the place of being reminded that we are beloved children of God. And our burdens can be known and lightened. It's the place to realize that you're actually fully accepted by God and even delighted in, just as you are, that you are, you are actually okay. The women were, the women were um, talking about how much we need to hear this all the time from God um, when we met this morning. Being vulnerable with God on the regular is a good way to learn how to endure. And like the women were demonstrating, It also helps to share our suffering with others and respond to theirs. So not just be vulnerable with God, but share your suffering with others. The men were doing that recently too, and we do it in our cells throughout the week, bear each other's burdens. I love the true story about the priest who responded to a suicide call on the Golden Gate Bridge. And you know this bridge is like, really high. You see those tiny cars on there? Well, this girl had climbed really far up on one of those cables, and she was in a state of despair, ready to jump. And this priest, who was deathly afraid of heights, was the guy who got the call and responded. And he started to climb up to meet her anyway. When he got close, she could see that he was shaking, like, uncontrollably. And so she started to, she yelled down to him (laughs) to encourage him. She said, you can do it. I think she was so touched that somebody would would do that for her, that they would face their fears like that for her. And, And she then, when he got to her, you know, he confessed he thought he was going to die and he didn't know how to get down. 
And so she painstakingly helped him down. When they were firmly planted on the ground again, you know, like the, the media and the family and everybody rushes over to the priest like he's some saint and they say, like, what, what did you say to her to get her down? What brilliant thing did you say to convince her? And he said, she saved my life. And I think that's how it is when we help each other, when we share each other's burdens, especially when we go out on a limb to do it. We often get saved all over again, too. I got, to, I got the chance to attend the, the Just Mercy event on Friday with many of you. It was a combination effort between two of our compassion teams, Solidarity Beyond Borders that does immigration work and Circle Mobilizing because Black Lives Matter. Um, they came together to um, talk about how the prison industrial complex oppresses and criminalizes people, especially black and brown people, very disproportionately. And to talk about what, what, what we can do about that with Jesus, who is the liberator. And afterward, my favorite part was afterward I got to talk with somebody who's a living example of what, what we can do. This wasn't even one of the stories of the evening, but he told me about how the Philadelphia Bail Fund paid $5,000 to bail him out of prison. He's clean and sober now and has a relationship with God and is doing really well. And hearing his story and seeing his bright, beaming face was evidence to me of the great possibilities in, in suffering for one another, in actually showing up for each other. Like somebody had to put up that money, that 5000 or a lot of people came together to put up that money to bail him out. And, and this is why we have a common fund, too, so that we can be part of this practical transformation that God is doing in the world. When we suffer to put our money together, we're getting in on something that's bigger than ourselves. We're suffering for others. And that's a good feeling. One of my favorite women of the faith, Teresa of Avila, got a little bit famous for, for often saying, let me suffer or let me die. And she um, wasn't just being an unhealthy martyr type, although she did have some of that in her psychology. She also knew something about Jesus. She knew Jesus, that he became poor and vulnerable to make a way through this mess for all of us. And so he calls us to that same poverty of spirit that same vulnerability that, that causes to uh, us to admit, Lord, I need you. And it's in that place of, of need and weakness that we are ironically the most strong and most ourselves. It doesn't erase, it doesn't erase us, which I know some of our theology has taught us. I heard that when the Twin Towers um, fell in New York on 9-11, there was panic and pandemonium in a lot of the sub, on all of the subways, obviously, that were surrounding the area. And um, it got so dark in some of them because the lights 
you know, were totally blown out and there was like this this thick layer of ash and soot that just kind of descended way far into the ground. And in one of these places, it was the resident beggar, uh, the, the blind beggar guy who yelled out, follow me. And he led people out of the tunnel and up into the light because he was used to feeling his way around and relying on his other senses. Lent is a time to develop some of our other senses. It's a time to learn to see in the dark, so to speak, just like Tracy was reading about. And I, and I think it's actually possible. If you think about the metaphor, you know, you, if the lights go out in a room and you give yourself a minute or two to be still and let your eyes, like, adjust, to the dark, you can make out shapes, and you can, you can feel your way around. Jesus invites us to see and feel the suffering of the world, and to see and feel our own suffering too. Stuff that we would rather keep covered up and in the dark. He invites us to see and feel it, partly so that we can know that he's there with us, transforming it. And so I encourage you to let him in on your process, even tonight as Mabel invites us to the table. Get vulnerable with God if you can. It, it will help you to endure. Don't be afraid of your poverty. It might actually help you lead others to the light. We're part of this big and wonderful thing that God is doing in the world, this whole movement of redemption. And it's not done yet. You're not done yet. So let's pray to hang on with Jesus in this process of our transformation. Lord, thank you for climbing up that cable toward us. Thank you for reaching us. I pray that you would um, help us to let ourselves be reached, even in this time together. Thank you for being present and promising to never leave us and giving us hope for ourselves and for the world even beyond this moment that you are doing something great and wonderful and you won't stop until it's done. Help us to hang on to that hope in you this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.